guys what's going on welcome back to another jonah football podcast hope everyone's well i've got the legend shane murray from ireland i do apologize no subtitles for shane i got jules i got jules bottom left got no banter and again yeah i'm just felt like hammering here today boys um and again guys we've got an incredible guest the guests are coming in shane aren't they yeah yeah we're doing our best yeah, we're doing our best to give you guys, just give the fans what they want. Got an unbelievable guest to get today. You ready for this intro? Yep. Uh, I've been planning this intro. Here we go. All right. Again, guys, I am delighted to have another amazing guest on our Jonah Football Podcast. An amazing player with over 350 professional appearances to his name. He's played in all the English football leagues, including the biggest one, the Premier League, with Blackpool. Started his professional career at Oldham Athletic and through hard work and his talent, took him right to the top. A player that has been selected in the PFA Team of the Year for League Two and League One, whipping free kicks in the Premier League and 17 caps for his country, Wales. He is a brother to one of my best friends and an absolute wand of a right foot. Welcome to the podcast, Neil Erdley. <laughs> hey, you like that, you, Neil? Appreciate that. You like that, Neil? Yeah, it was top draw, mate. Appreciate it. <laughs> I love that. Thanks so much for coming on, mate. Thank you very much. Yeah, really no appreciate that. How have you been, mate, with like this whole situation that's going on? Oh, mate. To be fair, it, what can you say, mate? It is what it is, isn't it? Um, obviously, it's not ideal, especially uh, you know doing doing what we do. Uh, you know, it's it's just unprecedented times, mate, and you know, the sooner out of it, the better, I suppose. You know, hopefully that is soon. There is, you know, a lot of talk now about, um, you know, how they're going to go about doing that and stuff like that and, you know, what steps they're going to take. So, uh, you know, hopefully we'll we'll find out within the next couple of weeks, mate, to be fair. How's, so, obviously, you're, you're at Lincoln now and you, you seem to have settled there, mate, and you're enjoying your football obviously I know you I know you pretty well obviously I'm best best friends with with your brother yeah you know obviously you're a better footballer than Sean um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah how's how's Lincoln going for you and and you know obviously with me knowing you it's you you seem to have settled there and you're absolutely smashing your football again mate which is a pleasure to see yeah well I, again mate I appreciate that and um I mean this this will be the end well I say the end, hopefully we'll continue. Uh, we've got nine games to go, but this will be the end of my third season. Um, and to be fair, mate, it was one of them for me. Before I actually joined the club, uh, I went through a bit of a tough time, just fo- totally football-related, you know, coming off the back of a couple of serious injuries, uh, having not played a lot of football. Um you know, I was going on trial to clubs and there was this big question mark over me, whether I was fit enough, whether I could still do it. Mm. Um, and, you know, if you've ever been on trial anywhere before, you know what it's like going in on trial somewhere. It's, you know, you sort of sat mm-hmm. in the corner and, all right, lads, and, you know, it's just not the same, <laughs> is it? And it's it, it's tough to obviously get into it. But, um, you know, for whatever reason or not, you know, I trialled it. Um, I went to Rotherham. Uh, I went to Port Vale. Uh, I had a little trial at Bolton, um, you know. So I was trialing at all these clubs, and there was nothing coming of it, you know. Whether that was 
didn't think I was good enough or whether it's for another reason, I don't really know, to be fair. Um, and I found myself obviously out of a job um, three years back, season had started uh, and I didn't know what, what was going to happen. Um, and, you know, luckily for me, um, I got a trial up at, uh, up in Scotland at, uh, at Hibernian and yeah. Neil Lennon was a gaffer there at the time. And uh, I went up there for a couple of weeks, um, played in a couple of bounce games for him and yeah, it, it went really well, to be fair. And I, I signed a signed a short-term deal there for, for six months uh, and I didn't play. I think I made two appearances. Uh, so it didn't go how I wanted it to. Um, but, you know, I enjoyed working for Neil Lennon. Loads of experience, really good manager, good coach. Um, and... It got to January, so obviously halfway through the season, and I'd, like I said, I'd only made two appearances, and uh, I got a phone call off Andy Melville. Don't know if you remember him, former Wales international. Uh, oh yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. He was a chief scout at Northampton, um, and he said, "Look, he said, right back is injured. He's going to be out for a while." He said, "There's some football here if you, if you want it," and they were in League One at the time, so I thought, you know perfect that's you know that's a bit of me so I had to go speak to the gaffer at Hibernian and I just said look like I want to play um, my deal was close to coming to an end there anyway to be fair um, and they were really good with me they just let me go uh, and I signed signed at Northampton until the end of that season uh, I think I made 10 maybe 11 appearances there second half of the season uh, so again probably didn't go how I how I would have liked it in yeah. terms of game time. Um, but luckily for me, you know, um, I, I played quite well when I was there. Um, had a good manager in Justin Edinburgh, you know, God rest his soul. Um, and come the summer, like I said, you know, I didn't know what was next. And, um, you know, I, I was, I'll be honest with you, I was thinking about chucking it at one point. You know, I was just oh, thinking, you really? wow. yeah, like it was just, it was just all getting a bit like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to pull on heartstrings, but like, I was just thinking if I can't, if I can't get anything after, you know, what I feel like I've done in the game's been pretty good at this stage, then, you know, like, where do I go from here type thing? Um, and I actually went and met, uh, the manager at Barrow, who were in the conference, still yeah, are at yeah, the top right. of the conference at the minute. Um, and they offered me a deal. Um, and I remember driving home thinking, you know, this is no disrespect, by the way, but I didn't really want to drop out of the Football League. I still felt like I had a lot to offer. Um, yeah. And I was driving home, obviously going through it in my head. And um, I got a phone call. I often number obviously I didn't have and it was Danny Cowley the manager at, at Lincoln City and um, he asked me this was on a Thursday afternoon and then he asked me to go and play in a pre-season game on the Saturday um, so I thought well they've, they'd actually just won the conference the season before so they'd just been promoted into the Football League um, so I thought well I've got nothing else and it sounds good to me club's in a good place, they've got a good fan base, etc, etc. Uh, and I went and played in that game, mate, on the Saturday. 
uh, and by Wednesday I'd signed. So wow, I, I went from in the space of like two weeks to thinking about what I was going to do next to to signing a deal for someone. So it was just all a bit crazy, mate. But the three now years you settled, though, eh? yeah, mate. It's been listen. If someone would have said to me when I signed. This is what's going to happen, you know. First season I was there, we uh, we won the Checker Trade Trophy, so we had a trip to Wembley, won a final at Wembley. Um, we reached the playoffs, which you know, for a club having just come up, was a good achievement. Although we got beat in the semi-finals by by Exeter, um, but yeah, the first season was brilliant. Uh, got a couple of accolades at the end got the player of the season, the player's player of the season. So it was wow. just out of nowhere, really, you know, just from from the brink of not really wanting to carry on to to then yeah. getting that was, like, unbelievable. And then... See, a lot of people wouldn't know that, like, that, 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 yeah, that, well, that story. Exactly, mate, exactly. And this is a thing, isn't it? It's like you, you probably see it yourselves all the time, you know, lads. You, I'm sure you probably all know boys that have, you know, had loads of talent when they were younger and, maybe just for, you know, it's not for me or whatever, or yeah. like myself, maybe it'd gone the other way. And if they <laughs> just at it, could have got some out of it. But um, yeah, I mean, that was the first season. And then the second season, uh, we ended up winning League Two. Um, wow. And we had a really good year. Uh, again, got the players player of the season. So, you know, I'm not one to brag, by the way, <laughs> but uh, it, Neil. <laughs> um, I think we'd probably all agree that when you're being voted for by your fellow teammates and what have you, it's like probably the best accolade you could get in football, really. So, yeah, uh, you know, getting that and uh, I made the, like you said in the intro, mate, you didn't miss it out. I made the, the team of the year. Um, so, yeah, it's been it's been unbelievable, mate. And like I said, this is my third season. Uh, I'm just hoping we can finish it off. Probably not gone as well as we would have liked, but um, you know we've got a good set of lads. Uh, probably underachieved, if anything, to be fair. But um, you know, hopefully we can carry the season on and uh, and push on again, like next year. Yeah, no, it's really good um, for me to see because I obviously speak to Sean, and uh, I think a big topic today is going to be like them injuries and how you bounce back from it because. I just remember speaking to Sean. You were just getting your, getting yourself fit again, and then bang, another serious yeah, injury. Yeah. I think it happened three times. If if, if I'm right, that like you got yeah, fit, the, injured, got yeah. fit, injured. It was it was really yeah. The quick. first one was um, I just uh, I just signed for Birmingham City um, when I was I would have been 24, um, and for me that was like when that move came around, that was from obviously my contract ran out at Blackpool um, and I was offered another year at Blackpool with an option of a second year, um, which in all fairness, I thought was probably a little bit unfair um, considering, you know, how not just myself, the group of players we had done for the club getting them to the Premier League, having some really good seasons in the Championship. You know, there was about seven or eight of us that found ourselves in the same situation, uh, out of contract, and they weren't really willing to, to offer us anything more than another year. And we felt like we deserved more than that. 
Um, so it was a little bit of sort of trimming and throwing as you do with your contract. And um, I got a phone call one day off off my uh, off my representative James Featherstone, and he said, "Look, he said there's a three year deal here for you at Birmingham. Like they're desperate to sign you." So it was a no brainer. Massive club uh, you know, as well. Massive club. club. I was just going to say, yeah, in the championship at the time, um, Lee Clark was a manager. Uh, you know, they had some, they had some top players, mate. Like people like Peter Lovenkrantz, uh, Darren Ambrose, oh, Hayden yeah. Mullins. You know, really good seasoned professionals. Uh, And for me, it is like my big move here. You know, I'm going to a huge club in the championship, playing in front of 20,000 every week. You know, this this is your, this is your chance to really sort of kick on, I suppose. Um, so pre-season went great. You know, I was really enjoying it. Uh, moved up there with my family. Uh, started, started the season off. I think it was the first first seven games so I think it was like five league games in the first couple of cup games played in all of them uh, felt like I was doing quite well to be fair and then we had a game it was um, it was Ipswich at home and I went into a tackle with uh, David McGoldrick and uh, it, it looked really innocuous it was you know I, I tackled him um, and I just sort of like bent my knee the wrong way and I got up I was like this feels really weird like the best way I could describe it is it felt like a dead leg but like right in the middle of my knee so I was like well I've took a whack here anyway I jogged off the ref gave a foul for the tackle I jogged back into the box they've taken the set piece and I've actually jumped and headed it clear and as I've landed uh, my knee just absolutely buckled on me and the physios come on and uh, he was like what is it I said it's my knee said, I've got this really weird feeling in my knee he was like all oh, right he said let's have a look anyway he, he did the old like cruciate test and honestly lads my knee was like all over the place and I just wow. knew away. I could tell by the look on his face to be fair um, so yeah that was me done then for that season I ruptured my ACL and MCL, so I did my medial and my cruciate together. Oh wow! Um, so that was my season done. So I was absolutely gutted, like, and you know, going into the following season, I think I, got, I actually got back fit just before the end of that season. Um, but obviously, wasn't being selected. There was no rush, you know. I had two years left on a deal. Um, so went into the following preseason. Uh, started the following season off, uh, played the first game, had an absolute stinker. Uh, didn't play, didn't play the next game, and I, f- I, f- I think I was out of the team then for about probably about three or four games. Uh, then he shut me back in. Uh, we were playing Leeds at home live on the oh. telly. Shane's a big Leeds fan, like yeah. So Leeds at home. I thought, happy days, like, big crowd, back in the side, let's go. Uh, had an absolute stinker again. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I just, it, it I, I think, it, I don't know whether it was a song. I, I think that, I was going to say that, Shane, to be fair, I think it was probably more 
of like a psychological thing, like coming back from injury, something I'd never experienced. Um, you know, and pro- like you said, probably a lack of confidence, not not believing that it was going to be okay and stuff like that, you know. I've probably lied in the past when people have asked me, you know, was it that? And I've said, no, 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 you know, I just, you know, was trying to find my feet again or whatever. I think it probably was something to do with that. Um, and then I was back out of the team and then the manager that we had in place, Lee Clark, he, he got sacked um, and Gary Rowett came in and I thought, well, you know, everyone's on a clean slate here, you know, train well this week. Hopefully he puts you in his side on a Saturday. Anyway, to cut a long story short, um, I didn't play in his first game and I think the team went on like a run, of, like we were rock bottom of the division at the time. Uh, and I think the first 10 games he was in charge, I think we won seven, drew two and lost one. So like, that, no matter what I, I was doing in training, I don't think I was ever going to get into the team, if I'm being honest. Uh, and... You know, it went on. The lads, to be fair to them, did really well. You know, we, he he took us from bottom of that league. I think I think we finished tenth in the end, and in the championship, at a club That's that was rebuilding at the time was a good finish. Um, and you know, it was just uh, in between. To be fair, that season it got to like the March time, and obviously the loans and everything were different back then. Uh, I actually went on loan. Uh, on a, it was a month's loan to Leighton Orient, uh, but that was like the worst decision I ever made. <laughs> like really? I, uh, I, I wanted to play football, which was why I went. Um, anyway, I turned up, um, went into the manager's office, sort of shook his hand, "Hi, I'm Neil. Nice to meet you," and he just stared at me in the face. And then this voice from like behind me was like, oh, uh, no speak English. So I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? Um, and the manager like didn't speak a word of English, mate. And I didn't know this. Um, oh, no. He, Fabio Liverani, his name was. He was an Italian guy. Uh, and he had his own interpreter there and stuff. And he was like, the, the manager's asking you when you last played. Uh, so I was like, oh, I played in a reserve game on Tuesday at Birmingham. And then he was like, are you fit? I was like, yeah, yeah, I feel good. You know, I just want to play. You know, I was proper big in myself. I'm like, yeah, I'm buzzing for this. Uh, it got to Saturday and we played Colchester away and I played. We got beat 2-1. And I'll be honest, I didn't have the best of games, but I don't think I was the worst on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and the following week, he dropped like six of us, myself included. And for me, I, was, I, I wasn't I was in a position to be sort of knocking on his door. You know, I'd been there for a week. But the, the rest of the lads he left out, like, were, like, experienced pros, like people like Darius Anderson, uh, Joby McEnough, um, you know, seasoned pros that had been playing for them all season. And it was a bit strange. Anyway... He left us all out and we got beat again the following week. So I thought, yeah, hopefully I'll get back in this side here. And uh, it got to the following weekend and I, he left me out again. And I don't want this to come across like, you know, some sort of big shot because I'm definitely not. But I was thinking, I've, you've asked me to come here 
to sort of play games and you know I've come here to play games and you're not picking me and it was it was difficult obviously with the language barrier as well um so I spoke to Gary Rowett at Birmingham and I was like look like I'm not sure this is the right move like you know I've come to play to get some game time to prove my fitness to you and to prove that I'm ready to go and you know it's not happening and if I'm being honest with myself no disrespect if I can't get in a side that's in league one at the bottom of the division then what chance have I got of getting in your team like who are competing in the top half of the championship and he was like look he said come back train with us he said if you're training there and not playing he said you might as well do that here with better players you know simple as that so I went back uh, didn't play uh, for the rest of the season so that second season at Birmingham for me was like probably the worst I've had in terms of not playing, you know, yeah. in and out of the team, uh, not getting picked, you know, training on Saturday mornings by myself because I'm not even making the squad. Like it was tough. Um, but luckily, obviously in the back of my mind, I'm thinking I've got, I've got another year left on my deal and it's make or break really. Um so that season, mate, going back to the injuries, was actually injury-free. I was just never being picked. Yeah. Uh, and then, obviously, I get back. I have a, you know, got my head down pre-season. Thought I did really well, uh, you know, because I, I had a point to prove, I suppose. Um, and then, you know, started the season off, didn't, wasn't playing. Uh, he was putting me in for, like, cup games, like the Carlin Cup, I think it was then. League Cup um, and my performances were quite good you know like when I was playing I was doing well so yeah. I, I was sort of thinking to myself oh, you know I'm giving him something to think about here uh, and we played Ipswich away on a Friday night again live on the TV uh, we went down the night before uh, and we just went to like a local park Friday morning just for a bit of a jog just to get out of the hotel and what have you and he pulled me to one side and he said, like, you're starting tonight. So I was like, oh, absolutely buzzing. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, <laughs> and obviously, again, Ipswich away, big game for us. Um, and, you know, I think with it being on telly, it's always got that little edge to it, hasn't it? You know, you, you always want to kind of do a little bit better some, for some reason. Sky Sports 1, Neil. Sky Sports 1. Yeah, that's it, mate. Yeah, Love Sky it. So, Love um, it. obviously, the game settled into the game quite quickly and then after half about half an hour in it was I just sort of went past this lad in midfield uh, and he's literally just tripped me mate there was absolutely nothing in it just one of those cheap fouls tripped me up and I put my arm out to like stop myself as you do and pop my shoulder um, so I've got it mate and I don't know if any of you boys have ever dislocated your shoulder, but it's Nothing. the worst. It's the worst pain ever, mate. Honestly, really. Uh, yeah. So obviously, I've got. It, I've had to come off. Uh, so that kept me out for. I think God it was about, about 10, 10 to twelve weeks. I think it was. I uh, remember all this happening, Neil. I just remember it happening, honestly, like all accumulating. That's what it was, mate. I I, I remember travelling back because it was a long way as well, Ipswich. And um, I remember travelling back on the coach thinking like, you know, I thought I'd 
I thought I'd had my bit of bad luck here, you know, with the cruise shit and what have you. Um, but then to sort of be out the team and not play for so long and then get yourself back in and then half an hour into the game, I dislocated my shoulder. I just thought, wow, like what have I got to do? Have you ever have you ever so, hurt your shoulder before? No, no. Like I had no, nothing nothing previous with my shoulder. Um it was literally Shane, it was just a freak, like wow. like I said, just a really cheap foul, tripped me up, gone down, shoulder just popped no, out. So. What um so we have like we have like a lot of young listeners, Neil, obviously, because we have a lot of young footballers that, that follow our page and stuff on, on Instagram and stuff. Obviously, you've had setback after setback after setback. Like, what would be your best piece of advice for someone that just keeps having them setbacks with injuries? How how did you deal with it and get through and come out the other end, you know? I think, to be fair, I think I've got to count myself lucky that I was in good hands. Um, you know, we had two really, really good physios at Birmingham that, that got me probably in the best nick I've ever been in in my life, to be fair. Um, you know, they got me really, really fit and strong and, uh, like I said, the best shape I'd been in. Uh, so I think in that respect, I was lucky that, that I had good people around me. Um, but I think the advice I'd give is you've just got to, I think probably like having some single-mindedness in terms of like just doing it for yourself because I think especially with a long-term injury, uh, I think obviously the shorter term stuff, like, you know, you, you're in and around the lads all the time and things like that. But I think with these longer term injuries, when you know you, you're going to be out for, you know, like my first cruise shoot was 10 months, I think. My, my shoulder was 12 mm-hmm. weeks. Then I ended up doing my cruise shoot, my, my other cruise shoot at Birmingham uh, with six months left on my deal. So it was like, I've, I, I would say just having like self-belief drive that you that you are going to get back and I know obviously people say it to lads all the time don't they about you know they get injured I think the first thing people will say is oh don't worry mate you'll you'll come back fitter and stronger but I don't think that's always the case if I'm being honest like I think it's 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 definitely up to you know the individual and and their mindset and, and how they approach doing rehab, you know, because I've seen, I've seen lads at clubs, I'm sure you, you boys have as well, you know, that pick up injuries and, you know, it gets to the rehab, they're in the gym and, you know, they might miss a few sets of this and a few reps of that. And it's obviously they're just cheating themselves. And I think that's definitely something I'd say, you know, where, although I was in good hands, I had good professional people around me. I think I had that that self belief of knowing that I was going to get back to playing and get back get back to your best, so to speak. And um, I think that's the advice I'd give. You know, it, yeah, don't get me wrong; right. I wouldn't wish any injuries on anyone. You know, but it, unfortunately, it's just part of the game, and it happens. And I think if you ever, you know, if you ever do pick them up, then you've just got to believe that uh, you know you are going to get back and. You know, just put in the hard graft, put in those extra, you know, hours. You know, you, you might go and do your session at your club, but then, you know, rather than sitting at home on your backside, maybe just, you know, do another session. You know, do do what you can in the house. Ask the physio yeah, if you right. can do 
you're doing extra, you know, things like that. And it sounds busy, but, you know, I'm just being honest. That was what I did. I just did my best. And, uh, you know, I, I did as much as I can. I did, I did as much as I could, sorry, whenever I could. And, you know, thankfully it, it right worked that. for me. So, you know, that's probably that high advice I love it. Ask you, I want to ask you a question on top of that. Obviously, you did, I thought you only had one ACL injury rather than two, which makes it obviously even worse. Yeah. But I think every footballer knows that it's one of the worst injuries you can have, but it's actually fairly common as well. Like it's, yeah. It happens a lot. So um, I just wanted to know in terms of actually when you came back from those two injuries, how was it in terms of your first couple of sessions, your first couple of matches? Because I think it's quite common for players that come back from an ACL to have niggling injuries or sometimes they don't even, yeah. they can't, they're not back to the player they once were. Like I'll use obviously a big player like Sal Cowell as an example yeah. of a player yeah. that yeah. even though he's remade himself a little bit, it's just hard to be that same player sometimes. Definitely, so, definitely. And I know, I've, I've actually got one player. There's one player here that I used to coach a lot, which the boys won't know because I used to coach him when I used to be in another area, but he's actually just gone through an ACL injury. And he's, I was talking to his dad the other day and he was like asking me for advice in terms of helping him come back because he's getting back to training and that sort of thing, but he doesn't feel the same. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's normal because, uh, you know, like you said, it is quite a, I suppose, common injury in football, although it's not nice to say, but it is. Um, and it, I think as soon as somebody mentions ACL straight away, you're thinking, oh, like season gone like are they ever going to be back to how they were and stuff mm. like that um but i think for me it was definitely uh those first like you like you mentioned those first couple of sessions back out on the grass um very simple stuff even just you know straight line running uh, or jogging i should say hardly getting out of a jog and just getting back to that sort of, this is going to sound crazy, but like just getting used to jogging again. Like, although you'd think that would just come, you know, totally sort of natural to you. Mm. It's, it's crazy because you don't do it for so long. Uh, and then when you finally get around to doing it, it's like alien to you. You think, wow, like, this is crazy. Like my knee doesn't feel like, anything like it used to uh you start asking yourself all these questions like why well, is this how my knee's going to feel like all the time now and these were all questions obviously that i would say you know i would say to the physio like is, is it supposed to feel like this like you know when i'm turning i'm, I'm feeling a little bit of this and a little bit of that and they were like sort of laughing not laughing in a bad way, but like just sort of smiling at me saying like, Ertz, you've, you've not been out on the grass for six months, mate. Like this is all normal. Don't worry about it. Mm. And going back to what I said before, you know, I had, these were really good guys, mate. Like these, these were top physios and I'm very thankful that I had them around really, because I think if I didn't, you know, I don't know how long those questions that I was asking myself might have, gone on for you know and whether I would have been self-doubting and I think to have those people around me telling me that everything was going to be okay definitely helped but I think in answer to your question you've you've just got to I think you've just got to trust like trust the process I suppose um you know you've put in all that graft of you know doing the weights and 
you know all these different rehab things that you do uh, and you've just got to trust it and I think over time I th- for me personally it probably took until that first tackle that I went into to know that it was going to be okay um, and if I'm being honest I definitely you know <laughs> I was shitting myself to be fair I'm not going to lie <laughs> I was like that first tackle that first 50-50 I was like yeah, no. oh, is it going to be okay and I think once I sort of got that out of the way it just went right to the back of my mind and Mm. you know again that might sound like crazy but it's like little things like that I think when you do it when you do play football and you've you've played for so long it's those little things that you know you haven't done for so long that you want to do again and until you do you just kind of don't know how it's going to be for me, it was like once I once I got that out of the way, you know, got the ball rolling really. And I think, obviously, second time round, I was probably lucky uh, in terms of having dealt with a cruciate injury previously. I think going into my second one, I was in a better place to start with, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because the physios had got me in such good condition, like physically. Uh, I think the second time round. I kind of like had a head start, if that makes sense. Did you come back quicker? So, so did again, you come back quicker from your second one? Yeah, I did. Uh, I got back. Um, I got back after seven months uh, on wow. my second one. So, um, Sheesh. I've shaved like a good two, three months off there. I think I think after like because obviously we've we've spoken to loads of of pros now on the podcast, um, and it's amazing for us doing it live. You know, myself, Jules, and Shane. And one thing that's really stuck out for me, Neil, because I never reached the heights that I wanted to as a footballer, even though I'm a standard no legend. Everyone, <laughs> all 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 the, all the fans at Slandid know, you know, were saying, "Lee, you should be where Neil is." You know what I mean? You should be playing in football. <laughs> no, but I think. I think after speaking to everyone on the podcast is one thing that's really stuck out to me is, is the mindset that you guys have is different level. Um, and I want to tell a little story, Neil, if, if you don't mind. Yeah. Cause I, 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 I used to obviously Sean being one of my best friends um, and you guys both started your career at Oldham. Um, I used to play for a Welsh club called San, San Didno. That sounds a mouthful guys. But if if you're from Wales, you'll understand. Good club, unbelievable what club. What a place! Yeah, what a place. That's where you grew up. I used to come to your house. Obviously, Big E on the breakfast, best best English breakfast in yeah. the whole of the UK. By the way, still Big going, e. mate. Still producing. Still going, Shane. Shane, if you were to have a Big E breakfast, change your life, mate. I might even go. <laughs> but uh, I used that. to come. I used to come to your house, Neil. Um, and sleep over the night before match day with Sean. Obviously, Sean was captain of the club, absolute legend. Um, I'll never forget this story, and I actually use it, Neil, with some of my players when I'm coaching, yeah. funny enough. Yeah. You were staying there that night as well. And yeah. I don't know if you remember this, but you were actually playing at Anfield the next day. Yeah. Um, and I and we were just chilling. I think Big E was on the breakfast or something. And I was like, <clears throat> I think it's like the second time I met you. Yeah. I just signed for the club and I said, Neil, you were playing for Blackpool at the time. Obviously, I'm skipping ahead here. You were playing in the Premier League and I was like, Neil, you, you're playing at Anfield tomorrow, mate. Are you nervous? Like, 
like that that that's my dream mate I'm obviously a big Liverpool fan I was like yeah. playing at Anfield tomorrow and I just remember you being like super laid back and being like nah mate I'm buzzing for it to be honest and I just <laughs> thought to myself like that that's the difference I think yeah. is the mindset you you were like buzzing for it super laid back you know playing at Anfield I'd be absolutely you'd be sweating I'd be filling <laughs> me undies you know and I just thought to myself you nah. know and I remember as well you owe me money because you you beat you beat Liverpool that day and let yeah, me accumulate it down. It's fuming. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you know what though, mate? Like, um, I think if you ask any, if you ask, you know, our Sean or my old man, um, I don't know what it is, mate, but I've I've never really been one to kind of get nervous before games. Um, yeah. And, I know some lads that are the same and I've been around a lot of pros that do, you know, still to this day, having played hundreds of league games, you know, might get nervous before games or, you know, it's just one of them things, mate. And for me, um, if I could go back uh, to when I was actually playing in the Premier League for Blackpool, um, as mad as this might sound, but like, I just wish I would have like, like embraced it more. You know, like when you're saying there, like you know, uh, playing at Anfield tomorrow, like you're nervous, and I was like, nah, like, I'm just looking forward to it. And I remember the game, mate, like it was yesterday. Uh, I, I I actually had to come off at half time. I'd rolled my ankle, um, but it, it was like it was a dream come true for me as well. Um, you know, I grew up a Liverpool fan. Uh, I had Steven Gerrard's name on the back of every Liverpool shirt I owned. And then the next minute, mate, I'm, I'm walking out the same tunnel as him onto the same pitch. Like, it was like, it was unbelievable. But for some reason, mate, I just, I never really, like, I look back on it now and I just think, like, what, did I enjoy it as much as I should have? Like, yeah, yeah, sort yeah, of. Yeah. I ask myself that question sometimes, like, and don't get me wrong, like, I look back, mate, and I think, wow, like, I've, you know, I've been fortunate enough to to play in in what I think's the the best league in the world, mate. And albeit, yeah, it was what probably ten years ago now, nine, ten years ago. Um, I still think it was the best league back then. I still think it is now, and. You know, like I said, I feel very lucky and privileged to have to to have shared the the pitch the pitch with people like Gerard and you know like your legends like uh, you know Didier Drogba and like just just Premier League greats, mate. People like Cesc Fabregas at Arsenal and like just I've, all like world. I've played with like, Danny Jaggers at Flandidlo. <laughs> Is that the same? Uh, mate, honestly, like, and I don't know if that sounds strange, but like, I, I speak, I obviously still speak about it with people these days. You know, something might pop up on the telly, like, uh, you know, best Premier League goals from 09, uh, the 09 10 season. And it'll obviously be the season that we were playing. And, you know, like, there'll be a couple of goals pop up whether it's goals that we were scoring or whether it was me getting twisted up by Maluda or someone away at Stamford Bridge. <laughs> 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 Obviously, it'll pop up and it, 
like family and friends still say to me now like what was it like and I think like my answer will always be like oh it was it was unbelievable but then I'll be sat on my own and I'll be like to tell the truth like, I can't really remember like how I used to feel do you know what I mean like I, I, I yeah, can't yeah that's why I say to myself like should I have enjoyed it yeah. more so I remember more like do you know what I mean it's just a yeah. 100%. bit of a weird one but um now nah, like you know listen uh some of the games that stick out obviously the the Liverpool away and at home they were what's going on the Liverpool game we, we do you know what mate Liverpool were the only team that season that we did the double over we beat them at Oof. we beat them at Anfield 2-1 and we beat them at home 2-1 as well. So it was just crazy. Uh, Cheers, Neil. You know, Cheers, even... I, I, <laughs> I even look back at... Did you go watch Lee? Did you go watch now? No, no, I was playing for Sandino at the time. I had match day myself, you know what I mean? <laughs> that I was, would, have, would have put that game straight into being in the head. Oh, yeah. oh, no banter. That 2-1 that at Anfield let me down for £1,000. I was raging. I said to I I said said to Sean Said, oh, send your brother a text. He owes me a bag of sand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you come to any? Did you come to any games that season with our show? No, I didn't, mate. Because yeah. we were, we were still playing. I always remember Shawnee Herds being like, "Oh, I wish I could go and watch my brother a lot." But we were somehow your brother was still playing with half a ticker. Yeah, I know, mate. Some boy. Eh? I need, I need to get your brother on just to tell that one story alone. Get the tissues ready for that one. That's unbelievable. Oh, mate. I know, but now I talk about it. Unbelievable time, mate. Great time. Some great, some great games. I hope you've got some good stories for us, Neil. It's like, I want to get to some of the juicy bits in your career. Um, Like getting your move to Blackpool then and working under Ian Holloway because Ian Holloway was some character. Um, Unbelievable banter him. Can you tell us what it was like getting your move to, to Blackpool and what it was like working under Ian Holloway? Yeah, mate. Listen, the, the first and foremost, obviously, um, for me, going from uh, obviously playing at Oldham um, in in League One at the time, uh, I think I spent um, obviously I, I did my apprentice there. Um, so sort of from the age of sixteen, after I did my exams at school, obviously you move up there, uh, you do your UIT and what have you, and. I was quite fortunate to. Uh, I think I, I made my I made my debut there at the end of my first year, so I was only seventeen. So, the the manager there at the time, uh, Ronnie Moore, gave me the, my day at the last. It was the last, uh, and the club had nothing to play for. We were like mid table, uh, and he chucked a couple of his young lads in from the youth team and. You know, I, I suppose I got a lot, of, a lot to thank him for, really, because he sort of gave me my first taste of, of first team football, uh, which, which was unreal. Um, and then I, th- I think after that, I spent, um, I think it was four seasons at, at Oldham. Uh, you know, played a lot of games there, uh, and and I, I really, really enjoyed it. It's, it's a great club, and you know, I've still got, you know, lads that I played with there that I'll still speak to now. So. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. a brilliant club to be at, um, and then obviously I got my, I got my move to Blackpool. Um, I was uh, Ian Holloway's second signing, I think, that summer. Um, 
we said uh, Blackpool they signed Charlie Adam permanently uh, from Rangers, uh, and then I joined. reported fee of three hundred fifty thousand. By the way, Neil, for you, yeah, mate. Do you know what? To this day, mate, I I honestly like no lie. I couldn't tell you whether that's true or not. I I, yeah. I honestly don't know, mate. I don't know whether it was uh, that was the figure, and it was that was that, or whether it was less than that, and it went up to that if I made so many appearances. Like, I, I honestly don't know, mate, but... Um, that's serious. Like, I know it sounds stupid, but that's serious amount of money, that, as well. I guess. <laughs> mate, if I, if I got anything, I would tell you, trust me. But, uh, nah, it was... Um, it, it was unbelievable for me, obviously, because, you know, I, I felt like that was... Obviously, it was a step up in in divisions for me, um, but at the same time, I felt like I was going to a club where I actually had a chance of playing football in the championship, um, because there were some real big clubs like in the championship back then, uh, you know, with big hitters like you know, some some real good players like Premier League standard players really, um, and I think what I mean by that is if you know. I was going to a club that was, you know, it was a really, really good set of lads and, you know, Holloway was unbelievable, great gaffer. And I believed that I was sort of making that step up with a chance of playing rather than making the step up and being like a bit part player, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and we, I, mate, I, I just went at the right time. You know, Holloway had just taken over we were favourites to get relegated that season, mate, and we got promoted to the Premier League. So it was, I went from, I went from playing League One football uh, to Premier League football in like 18 months. Uh, wow. You know, I always saw that move to Blackpool as like a real good sort of step for me. And I saw that as, right, this is my chance to try and establish myself in the Championship at a higher level for the next couple of seasons. Uh, and like I said, mate, lo and behold, we, we ended up getting promoted to the Premier League. So it was just incredible, mate. And going back to obviously Holloway, like I'd, I'd, I wouldn't know where to start with him, mate. What, he, what type he, of gaffer is he? he? He he is what you see, mate. That's all I can say. Like he He's a down-to-earth fella, really down-to-earth fella who's got a really nice family, uh, you know, he, he was just so good to work for me. He was like one of the lads, like, you know, coming to work every day. And um, we used to have these really, like, long meetings, like, every day. Like, and there's there's one that I'd, I'll just never, ever forget, right? We've obviously, we had to report before 10 a.m. So uh, all the lads are in, like, we're having a bit of breakfast and what whatnot. And uh, we saw, like, the gaffer walk in. And he had like um, he had like a flat cap on because because he's from like I think I think he's from he's, he's he's from down Bristol way. He's got a bit of like bit of a Bristolian accent on him. Like I think he owns land down there, so he's a bit of a farmer type fella. <laughs> Love it. And he rocked in this one day. He had a flat cap on, like these big like green overalls. Uh, like Wellington boots up to his knees, like just rocks in. He's like, morning, morning lads. And like, we're all like, all right, gaffer. Like, 
we carried on walking and we were like saying to each other, like, is he sure? Like, <laughs> no, but, like you, you obviously you just turn up in like jeans, jacket, t-shirt, tracksuit, you know, just normal clobber. Um, <laughs> and he's rocked up in this. I'm like, what's going on here? Anyway, he's come back into where we were eating breakfast and he's like, everyone sit down. I want everyone in here in uh, like five minutes. So we're thinking, shit, like something's gone on here. Like he's not happy. Um, you know, f- fearing the worst. Like, you know, it was one of the lads been caught on a night out or something or, you know, is someone got themselves <laughs> into a bit of shit or whatever. Anyway, he sits us all down, mate. And no lie, we were sat there for an hour and a half. And the reason why he wasn't happy was because he'd been chasing his chickens around all morning, <laughs> trying, trying to build a house. So he's come in in the clobber. Like, yeah, it was absolutely nothing to do with football. We've had an hour and a half meeting about how he was building a new house for his chickens. <laughs> how he, like, you know, how we were so lucky to be footballers, you know, because we just... No way. No yeah, way. We, like, he just went off on one, mate. Like, he was like, you know, you've all got up this morning. You've probably had a nice cup of coffee. Uh, give, your wife, give your wife a kiss, you know. See you later. No. I'll be back after training, you know, whatever. Uh, and I've been up since, you know, half five, six o'clock, building a new house for my chickens. Uh, <laughs> trying to get these chickens into this new house. I've built them. And then I'm getting, I'm getting one in and then there's one running out and, yeah, no I've been running around all morning, lads. Like you know, and honestly, mate, he went on for an hour and a half. That was a goddamn truth. And then at the end of the meeting, it was like, right, boys, get yourselves off home. Don't have to train today. Like, oh my! What, like, what, what's going on here? Like, we were all sort of like looking at each other. Honestly, we would. Have was this was was this when you're in the Premier League? I think it was I don't think it was to be fair I don't think it was I think it was the first season I was there so we would have been in the championship but he loved the meeting in the mornings like don't get me wrong some some of them were like you know really sort of like inspirational like the best the best one we had uh, was like his first day like our our first day of pre-season sure you're all aware pre-season you're thinking double sessions running your balls off like and we we went out in the morning we did like a tough sesh but I've done harder uh went in had a bit of grub and then we're all expecting to go out in the afternoon like for the second session and he was like lads uh, upstairs to the to the meeting room so I was like all oh, right okay uh, and he sat us down, mate, as a squad, uh, and we watched the film Coach Carter. Ah, uh, yeah, basketball. Uh, and honestly, mate, that that was like the afternoon sesh. Like he he was stood at the back of the room, like you could hear him, like you know, like crying a bit and stuff at the film. <laughs> no honestly, way. Mate, honestly, we were like, what's going on here? Like, this is this is madness, like this guy's crazy. Uh and it was obviously if you've seen the film, you know, it's all about like sticking together as a team. Like, you know, if if one of you uh 
you know, if one of you fucks up, so to speak, then the rest of you are going to suffer type thing. It's like, and then obviously at the end of the film, uh, you know, they all sort of come together and make a really good team unit, don't they? And mm. that was just his way of telling us, like, that's how I want us to be. Um, and lo and behold, mate, we went and got promoted. So I think any advice you want to give to your kids at your sessions and that, maybe go and watch Coach Carter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, no, maybe not. I think, I think that's for the... For the old, like the older was, generation. Was he, uh, was he much of a coach, or was he more of a just a manager? And he had coaches working for him. He he was um, obviously we had obviously Holloway was a gaffer, uh, and he had an assistant called Steve Thompson, and they both used to do it together. Shane, to be fair, uh, I would say he was more of a more of a hands-on gaffer. You know, he would mm-hmm. like to get involved, take sessions. Um, but obviously Tomo, the assistant, he would he would obviously take, you know, sometimes like you like if well know in sessions, you know, you might have two groups a possession over there, a bit of something other. Um so they just used to share it. Um and we used to do loads and loads of like um like shape work, like unopposed like attacking work. So he would set us up like in two elevens. We we used to play four three three. Uh, and I'll never forget, he, he said to me, um, the first form of, like, obviously being a being a right back, he was like, the first form of defence is to attack. Like, and that's always stuck with me. I don't know why, it just has. Uh, and we, you know, I don't know if you saw any of our games back then, but we were like, free-flowing, full-backs really high, like wingers. The front three would just go where they wanted. Uh, you know, we had three really good midfield players. Uh, David Vaughan was like Baller. technically unbelievable. We had Keith Southern, who was like our our rat in there. You know, would always get us the ball back. He was a big, big character, big voice. And then we had Charlie Adam, who was like one of the best wow. left foots I've ever I've ever seen. To be fair, um, and like you know, we we had loads of well, I say loads, we had three or four like really, really good centre half. So for us fullbacks, it was like, you know, you can go attack all you want. You know that you've got security behind you, and you, you know, your defenders, the goalkeepers and, and you know whatnot. And it, it was just honestly, it was just a joy to work for. Like I can't speak highly enough of him really. He was like you were just a free reign on the pitch. You, it was like you couldn't you couldn't do anything wrong. Um, you know, the, the only thing... you will rate that. The only thing he ever used to... The, the only thing he used to really lose, like, his shit over was if we ever conceded a goal that could have been avoided by, you know, someone communicating, like someone, you know, left shoulder, right shoulder, man on. You know, if someone... If it could have been avoided where... You know, he he would maybe like pull someone up and say, "Did you tell him like he had that man on his left shoulder? Did you tell him he had a man up his arse, or you know whatever?" And that was down to the fact that he's got, um, I think it's two, might be three, can't remember, uh, daughters that are deaf uh, and obviously can't and um, can't speak. So that was the only ever thing that he really used to like 
like really go for his four, uh, you know, for not communicating. You know, he used to say like, you know, yeah, I mean, I understood his point to be fair. He used to say to us like, you know, I've got three fucking daughters at home that can't speak, you know, and, you know, you can't tell him man on, you can't tell him he's got a man up his arse or, you know, whatever. So, but other than yeah, that, well, can't he argue with that, can you? He, nah, and you know that's like one of the basics, anyway, isn't it, in the game? But um, nah, he was like unbelievable <clears> to work for, and you know everything he did for that club was just unbelievable. Uh, you know, and we've we've actually still got a group chat going with you know I was there now, like I said, ten started there ten years ago, maybe maybe even a little bit longer, um, and we've still got a group chat. You know, all the lads. Wow. Holloway's in it himself. No way. Yeah, so... Um, who Neil, quick one. Who was, uh, in your opinion, if you had to pick one player, who was the best player on that Blackpool side? <sighs> Testing me there, Jonah. Um, I think pure, purely for just his ability and what he could produce, I'd have to say Charles, mate. Charlie Adam. Like, yeah. He could, like, he could go and win his game with a bit of magic. You know, he he could. Um, you know, I'm sure you've probably seen a lot of his games, a lot mm. of his goals. You know, we could be under the cosh, we could be one down, two down, and then Charles would just absolutely bin one from about 40 yards and get you back in it. You know, it was just like little moments of magic, and there was loads throughout the season. Uh, he got Charles moved to Liverpool, didn't he? Off the back of that, did off the back of obviously everything he did at uh, at Blackpool. Uh, he, I, I would probably have to say Charles, but you know there was there was others mate that all did different things. Like David Vaughan in there hardly gets any accolades for that Blackpool sort of time where we went from Championship to Premier League. Not a lot of it is, you know. Charlie Adam was unbelievable, and but Vaughan he was like, put it this way: I think if you were to ask Charles. I think Charles would probably tell you that if he didn't have Vaughan next to him, he wouldn't have done as well as he did. Yeah, right. Yeah. So they they, they complemented each other so well, and obviously the other midfielder Keith Southern as well. Um, so it, it, it's tough, but you know, I think if I was to pick one, I'd, I'd have to say Charles, mate, definitely. Similar to us boys at Rydalmere, we keep telling Gov to put the three of us centre mid. <laughs> haven't not having it, is he? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in the um, in the Premier League, he's gave it a proper crack. Um, I was just looking at the at your the last couple of fixtures. You you were unbeaten in five of the last six. Yeah, what yeah. is it? Um, what is it that you just couldn't stay up? What what was the missing missing part? That was just because you, you only ended up by missing out by one point in the yeah. end, wasn't it? Yeah, and you know, like you said, that missing out. But I think we finished on. I think it was 39, maybe, 39 points. And I think for the previous God knows how many seasons and prior to that, the next three or four, I think 39 points would have kept you up. Uh, yeah. Obviously, they always say in the Premier League, don't they, that 40-point mark is like, get to that as soon as you can and then you should be safe. Uh, yeah. We actually had... 28 points at Christmas. So, I think after the first half of the season, I think we were 10th, 9th or 10th with 28 points and 
we were doing really well. Uh, and I think we come as a surprise to a lot of Premier League clubs, obviously. You know, t- I think teams thought they were just going to steamroll us. Um, but I just think for the way we played and the way we approached games, like it was like, you know, if you have a look at a lot of the results, they were very sort of high scoring games, like five, three, four, two. Like it was like a case of we were always going to outscore the opposition. Uh, I think in answer to your question, I, I think obviously first half of the season we did so well. And then, if I'm being honest, I think going into the second half of the season, we were probably a bit naive. Um, and I think teams sort of sussed us out a little bit. Uh, yeah. And I just, you know, I look back on some games and I think rather than carrying on how we played in the first half of the season, maybe we should have been a little bit more... Uh, I don't want to say defensive because that wouldn't have suited us, but maybe just shored things up a little bit. And then what I mean by that is, you know, if we were ahead in games, maybe bringing on an extra defender, going five at the back or, you know, a little change in the system or, but we never really did that. It was like, we could be ahead 1-0 in a game in the 80th minute and we'd just make a, you know, a like-for-like sub, you know, and, and, and go and try and get a second you know, and I, I sometimes look back and I think if we would have just maybe been a bit more like conservative, I suppose, you know. And, yeah, get the point. Uh, I think in answer to your question, that's probably where we slipped up because mm. 28 points at the turn of the new year, I don't think we won another game then until March. So we went wow. a good like eight to 10 weeks without winning a game. And that absolutely killed us because it was because I think we were all thinking, you know, come on, lads, like another 12 points here. Like we're safe. We've got, we've got another 19 games to go. And then before you knew it, we were in March without a win. So it was tough, but I think that was probably like you said, like you're asking that little, that little thing where I look back and think, could we have done anything different? What might have helped us? Um, I think maybe just probably being a bit more conservative and maybe not trying to sort of go for the second or third goal, maybe just trying to shore things up. And yeah. I mean, it's easy for me to say that now. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I think at the, time, at the time I probably would have said, no, like, let's go for it. Let's go and get a second. Let's go and get a third. But um, no, I, th- I think that was probably it, mate, to be fair. Because... Go on. Because coming to the last day, it wasn't there. I think six teams could have went down, wasn't it? Yeah. Or, yeah, or six or right, seven yeah. teams. And, yeah. and you boys you boys went to Old Trafford. Didn't you you yeah. were away in Old Trafford. Again. Oh. Yeah. It was All just right. um, obviously the occasion. Um, I think it was their it was their nineteenth title that that season that they'd won. Um and obviously, with it being the last game of the season, we, we had to do like the God of Honour. And, you know, as much as I didn't like that, being a Liverpool fan, um, it's something that I'll always remember, you know, doing that Old Trafford to a team that had the likes of Skulls, Berbatov, Rooney, Owen at the time, like some, some proper legends, really. Um, something that will always stay with me. Um but yeah, you know, going into that last game, 
you know, United away, we're approaching it thinking, ah, they might chuck it, lads. Like, they've already won the league. Like, they might let us, you know. Uh, but it was the total opposite. Like, you know, I think they wanted to go out on a high. And we actually started the game okay. Uh, we gave a sloppy goal away, went one down. Who were you just, marking, Neil? Who were you marking? Uh, that day, mate, on the left uh, was G Sung Park. He, sc- he, he scored one. Or did he score two? He scored. <laughs> he scored the oh, first one, I think. I was nowhere oh. near it, boys. I, I was. I was attacking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Neil was. Neil was bombing on. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was. It was G Sung Park, and he's another one. You know, he, he never. People probably forget about him. To be fair, because yeah. he's been a team full of like world class players, but he, he was he was top draw, mate. Let me tell you, like he was he was some player. No, he um, was yeah underrated. He used yeah. to score some big goals for that team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Alex Wall was put him in the big games. Yeah, he, he did. That's right. Yeah. Loved him in the big games. So yeah, it was. Um, we went one down anyway. We've got one back just before half time. Charlie scored a free kick, like one to the left. And then second half, uh, you know, we had them on the ropes a bit. Like I remember getting us getting like a succession of like corners. We were putting them under some real pressure, like going for the jugular, obviously. Our our lives depended on this, mate. Do you know what I mean? And mm. um we we got a second, like we scored, went two one up, and I'm thinking at the minute, like, wow, like, we're winning 2-1 away at Old Trafford. It's going to keep us in the Premier League. Like, I'm looking over at the bench, I'm thinking, we've, we, I think we had two defenders on the bench. I was like, <laughs> he, he needs to get them on. Like, we need we need to be going six at the back here and just parking yeah. the bus. Yeah. Blowing, it, you could probably guess what happened next, mate. He's, I think he's taken, like, I can't remember who it was he took off, but, I think he took a midfielder and a striker off and just went midfielder striker that came on yeah. for him. He brought on um, Luke Varney and Matty Phillips. Yeah, so two forwards. Research shame. Two forwards, like, and... Wow. You know, you look Come at on. that and you just think... Come on, Ian Holloway, what are you doing? I know, like, should, <laughs> he, have, should he have just shored yeah, it up? Wow. You know, it's, so that obviously ties in with what I was saying to you before Shane about your other question like I just think those types of moments I think we probably could have done differently but listen I'm no manager mate I'm just giving my opinion do you know what I mean and, yeah, yeah. yeah what was uh, it like playing at Old Toilet Neil <laughs> do you know what mate like because we spoke to Adam Lafondre and he said because he's a massive man yeah. have you played against Lafondre by the way uh, yeah a couple of times I think Al- do, you, do you call him Alfie over there Alfie, yeah, yeah. Alfie. Uh, yeah, I played against him a couple of times. I think I played against him years back when when he was at Rochdale. Um, yeah, yeah. And I might have played against him when he was at. Where did he go after Rochdale? I think Reading. Red, yeah, it might have been Reading. Might have been Reading. But he uh, said that old toilet was was unbelievable. It like, was, mate. It is. It, there's there's no. There's no two bones about it, mate. Like, yeah. just unbelievable. 75,000 fans there, mate, inside. And the noise, mate, when they score is just, it's incredible, mate. Honestly, I can't, I can't describe it to you. It is like, as much as 
that pains me to say, mate. You know, yeah, it's the noise from problem. there, like getting their phones out of the pocket, or <laughs> <laughs> before the game. As you can tell, I'm not not a big fan of my <laughs> Nah, it's just it's uh, quality. Nah, to be fair, it, it was unbelievable, mate. Uh, don't get me wrong. Like afterwards, you know, having we got beat four two in the end, and uh, I think they made a couple of changes. They they brought on they brought on Michael Owen. Um, and I think who was the other one they brought on? It might have been Nanny, you know. Um, R- Rooney came on as well. Rooney, mm. uh, and they just changed the game for him. Uh, it was like they just found another gear. Uh, I yeah, think wow. Owen got a couple in the end after coming on. So it it was it was devastating, oh. mate. Absolutely devastating. Um, but you know. You, you give you, it a good crack, though. Fair play. We, gave yeah, a good crack. we went to the last day. I think one of the other games it was uh, Wigan, Wigan, Stoke, and obviously Wigan were another team that could have got, could have gone down on the day. Um, and I think they scored in that game quite late on. I think it was. Do you remember uh, Hugo Roddy Lake? Oh, yeah. Colombian player lads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I uh, play him, the countryman. Am I, have I said that Jules. right? Jules. Yeah, yeah, man. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah, yeah uh, decent. Jules, so, yeah, he scored quite late on for <laughs> Terrible them. Terrible player. <laughs> <laughs> he scored late on for them, which, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. which kept them in the in the division. So I, I, I'm not quite sure how it would have worked out, but I, I don't. I think if he, if that score would have stayed level, I think we might have still stayed up. But I think he got a winner there. So obviously that that didn't help. You know, we, Neil, we I do. I do have a question that I asked the same with LaFondra as well. You've played League Two, League One, Championship and Premier League. Um, it'd be interesting just to see if you have a similar answer or a different answer. Like, what What's the difference between Championship and, and the Premier League and League One, League Two? Like, What is the difference for you? Um, I think, obviously, you'd have to say, like, the quality of play is, is, is one of the one of the main things um and in all fairness i think the most i think the most competitive league i've played in is probably the championship and and I say the that, same thing i say that because you, you play more games it's like you, you have some months that are like saturday tuesday saturday tuesday and, and it's relentless mate and Obviously, you're all going for that same goal of being promoted to the Premier League. Um, whereas I found when we actually got to the Premier League, don't get me wrong, like the standard was, it, it's the best. Like I think it's the pinnacle. But you just seem to get a bit more time on the ball. Um, mm. It seemed like teams didn't, in the Championship, mate, it was like, you know, you... you start the game and it was it was a hundred miles an hour for 90 mm. minutes like you know you're getting closed down in your own box do you know what I mean like strikers tra- Alfie chasing you down like yeah chasing paper him. Ba- you chase a paper bag and the wind in <laughs> <laughs> honestly like he'd tell you that himself eh? I don't know whether he does yeah, anymore but he did back then um nah but like you know, you, you get you get you get chased down, mate, all the time. And I, I just found in the Premiership, teams would you know sit off, let you keep the ball at the back because you weren't hurting them. 
And it was like, as soon as you got over that halfway line, it had to be so sharp and quick, two touch, any more than two touches, you were getting the ball taken off you unless you were, you know, had unbelievable abilities, you know what I mean? So wow. I just, and then obviously when you get, you know, I'm playing in League <clears> One at the minute and, you know, there's loads of good players in League One, like, you know, I wouldn't know where to start. Like there's lads that have got unbelievable careers ahead of them. Like, got some real good talent um, but I just think in league, leagues one league two you probably get away with making the odd mistake you know uh, that could be anything you might lose a man at a set piece that doesn't get taken or you know you might give a free kick away on the edge of the box that gets put over the bar I think obviously when you get higher up, those are the types of things where you get punished. You know, it's like you yeah. lose a man from a set piece, it's usually in the back of your net. You give a free kick in and, and around the edge of the area, it's it's going in the top corner. Like that I think those little things are obviously like massive, like, you know, the quality of player and stuff like that. And I think I think probably the pace of the game as well. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You look at you look at professionals in or players, sorry, in, in the Premier League now, mate. And, you know, they're all just athletes, like, big, physical. And I say big, long physical, but you look at someone like Raheem Sterling, but you never, ever see him get pushed off the mm. ball, do you? Like, he's, an animal, he's, yeah. he's strong as yeah. a box, and he is. Um, and I just think, obviously, maybe the lower down the pyramid you come, uh, you probably don't get that as much, but... You know, yeah, that'd that's be, interesting. That would be my answer. Al- Alfie said the same thing about the championship being the hardest league he's played in as well. And he said the same thing about the Prem. You just get a lot more time on the ball. But yeah. he said it was ruthless, though. He was like, he was talking, obviously, as a striker. He was like, he might just get like one, if he's lucky, two chances against the big teams. Yeah. Um, and that's what I want to ask you. When you're playing the Prem, Prem for Blackpool, was there games where you just come off the pitch like, and you were like, oh, my God, they just absolutely bopped us? Um, and we couldn't get near them. Like, which team sort of made you think, "Wow, like that's Premier League"? When you to play be fair, there, mate, the, the one the one that stands out for me more than any is probably when we went to Chelsea away. Um, obviously, it, they were all big games, mate, for us. You know, going to places like that, especially. Um, but the one that stands out for me personally, mate, was Chelsea away. <clears throat> Super Sunday, Sky Sports one, absolutely oh, buzzing. Got me accumulator on. Yeah, got, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm ringing all my boys like three o'clock, lads. We're on like <laughs> Sunday. Me sitting down watching it. I, I'm, I'm starting like you know. I had Flint away that day with Sean. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate! So obviously, get to the game. Uh, start the game off uh, after probably 20 minutes, mate, 3-0 down. And I'm thinking, oh. ah, like, this is... Was Lamps playing? Yeah. Their Who team, was the manager at the time? Uh, their manager at the time was... Mourinho, maybe? No, it wasn't Mourinho. It was, um, I was think it manager. might have been Ancelotti. Ancelotti. Yeah. It might have been. Uh, don't quote me on that, but uh, you know their team was like uh, Ivanovic, Terry, Alex, Ashley Cole, Kudachini, uh, no, on the day, 
And then you had like um, Lampard, um, Ramirez, Drogba, Maluda. So they were all obviously world-class players anyway. Uh, Safe to say like most of the goals came down my side. I was getting I was getting absolutely ripped to shreds, mate, by uh obviously Maluda was on the left and then he had like Ashley Cole just like bombing past him. So <laughs> we played we played a four three three. Uh no like you know, you were just getting two V ones like out one, yeah. all day long. No cover. <laughs> oh my god. So it was just that's the one that stands out for me. Uh I came off at half time thinking, wow. Like I am way mm. off it. Like I don't, I don't belong <laughs> here. Do you know what I mean? Like I, this is this wow. standard is like I, I'm nowhere near it. Anyway, I got dragged at half time, didn't I? Uh, <laughs> so obviously that, that super Sunday as well. <laughs> super Sunday, mate. Yeah, that's what I need. Mean. Uh, so yeah, I got I got whipped off at half time. Obviously, <laughs> I, I, I was gutted, mate. I was disappointed. Um, Having said that, mate, I, I honestly don't think there's a lot I, I could have done. Like, yeah. they were, what can you do, mate? Ashley Cole. We, we were four nil down at half time, uh, and I got dragged. And uh, to make it even worse, it finished four nil. So <laughs> I got whipped. <laughs> Your fault, eh? I got whipped at half time, and uh, the lads drew the second half nil nil. So it's got to be, you know. Just to make you feel a little bit better, mate. <clears throat> just to make you feel a bit better. What's going oh, on? Your voice. Oh, Jesus. I already know just what you're going to say, Shane. Just to make you feel a little bit better, mate. We were playing Flint away and you were at Chelsea, so um <laughs> yeah, you know I mean you can you can still hold your head up high, mate. I thought, I thought you were gonna hammer Shane for getting hooked when you were losing 4 0 a couple of weeks back. <laughs> Oh, yeah. As I said, Neil, the, the gaffers have to try and blame someone, you know what I mean? Oh, right. 100%, mate. 100%. Neil, I, I rate that. that is, I just love I love hearing stories like that. It's quality, yeah, mate. Best. Absolutely quality. Um, I can't wait for the quick fire fire round at the end, oh, by just, the way. Just quickly before um, before we get into that, I just want to ask you about the, um, the Cowley brothers uh, yeah. when you went to Lincoln. Obviously, them boys are now at Huddersfield, I think, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah, yeah. What what way do they work and, and stuff? Because I'm sure they're very hands on. Because I think their background is something to do with kind of similar stuff than what we do. That's what I kind of seen. Or, or they like to do in, like that kind of individual coaching. They're actually um, well. Firstly, like for me, uh, both of them, Dan and Nick Cowley, uh, they're unbelievable fellas. You know, great people first and Mm. foremost, Um, you know, and and what they've achieved in the game uh, has been, has been incredible really for, for the, for the, for the amount of time they've actually been doing what they've been doing. They've done so well for themselves and um, they're both actually former school teachers. Yeah. That's what I thought. Um, I think Dan, uh, who was the manager um, was a geography teacher um and i think nick i think nick did pe to be fair um so the 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 pair of them have come from like like you said similar background um 
and they started managing uh, in non-league to begin with and just worked their way up the pyramid, uh, found themselves at Lincoln and they did absolute wonders at Lincoln, to be fair. Uh, obviously won in the conference uh, championship, which got the, the, the club back into, into the football league. Uh, and then within two years, we, we were back in League One. So they did unbelievable. And I think what I would say about them is they're probably the most honest uh, people that, or pr- probably the most honest manager, managers that I've worked for. Um, they just tell you, you know, how it is. And it's just, it's very just black and white. You know, this is what I want. This is how I want you to do it. And I think. What I liked about them too as well was they were very good at uh, man managing individuals. You know, it, I've been at clubs where, um, you know, it's like, for example, you might be doing uh, like a session in the gym and the fitness coach is like, lads, this is what we're doing. Uh, everyone do that. Uh, whereas Dan and Nick were very different. Like they wanted the squad to have their own like individual like regime, like their own programs. So you were never, it was very rare that you would be doing the same as someone else. You were always doing what was best for you as an individual, as opposed to, I mean, don't get me wrong. We all still went in the gym at the same time. Hmm. Uh, So, you know, we were all together and stuff, but they were very sort of thorough and um, you know, they, 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 they catered for everybody so well like individually uh and and they knew they knew what they had to do for you to get the best out of you for them if that makes sense like yeah, yeah. They, they, they just knew how to you know like me i'm quite sort of you know i'll turn up i'll train i'll train as, as well as i can uh and, I, I, and i'll go home you know simple as that you get other lads that are like in first thing in the morning, they'll want to do like a gym session before they go out, they'll train, they'll come back in, they'll do more. Uh, But Dan and Nick knew that that wasn't me like binning it off, like thinking, I don't need to do that. Like I don't need to be doing extra. They just knew that the way I did things for me was what was best for me and what was going to give me the best chance on a Saturday of performing as well as I could. And that's what I liked about them. They just understood everybody, you know, they, they, they knew all their players so well and what they needed. Uh, and I think that's why they've done so well uh, because, you know, it's obviously proved in in the record they've got, uh, you know, coming up through the ranks and, and moving on so quickly, really. Uh, and, you know, I know lads that know lads that play for Huddersfield now and, you know, they're saying the same things about him. They're saying that they like him and, uh, you know, they've changed how things are going there. And, you know, to yeah, be yeah. fair to them, they have turned things around a bit there. You know, they were they were really struggling out of this field, uh, I think, when they went in. And, you know, they've Asian spots, but they've managed to yeah. get them out. So it's in their hands now. And, you know, it seems like they've they've sort of turned the corner there. So I'm, I'm really pleased for them. And, you know, they're, they're still people that, you know, I keep in touch with, you know, every now and again. Um, so, you know, it, I think it's just one of them where 
we had such a sort of good relationship that you kind of obviously when you're working for them they are your your bosses they're your managers coaches whatever but then obviously when you part ways you'd like to think you know you're going to have some kind of friendship um and you know you can keep in touch and that's what I like about him because you know you, you come across other managers that you probably wouldn't feel that way about you know you probably wouldn't want to go for a drink with him or whatever but those two are certainly people that you know uh, did, did wonders for me you know got me back in the game and made me sort of believe again really so got loads to thank them for and you know, in answer to your question, I just think it's that man management that's that, that's like top draw. How long did you play under them? How many um, under them, uh, so obviously the first first two seasons, uh, I was at Lincoln. Uh, they were in charge, and then this season, um, they left after. I can't remember when it was they actually went. To be fair. Um, I think it was around October. Uh, it might have been a little bit before then. I'm not sure, uh, but that was a move, Jules, that they just couldn't turn down. I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. For them to go to the championship, and I don't think they'd mind me saying that it was probably life-changing money for them as well. You know, from where yeah. they'd come from, it was just something that they couldn't have. You know, they've both got young families as well, so yeah, I think yeah. they would. They they. they they were making the right decision for, for them, really. Yeah. Shane, Shane was saying something that which I actually didn't know that he has the idea that they sort of started with a similar coaching style to what we do, which is like very technical, very individual. Like, what's can you give us a little bit of an insight of in terms of what a day or a week training under them is like, what sort of things they do at training? And yeah, is yeah. It, yeah. It, is it any different than, say, in Holloway or, or is it similar, like possession and a bit of shape work? Or is um, it more? I think I think I'd I'd definitely say different. Um, I think you know you, you might do the same things at clubs, but I would always say it's different just because you know it could just be a little thing like the setup of the drill, or you know it might be a, a possession drill. But I think just having obviously a different setup and a different voice, mm. you're always going to feel like it's different, uh, or I do personally. Um, but Dan and Nick, going back to what I was saying in answer to Shane before they were just very good at um at managing individuals and a, a normal week for Dan and Nick would be if you'd played on the Saturday in the game if you were in the starting 11 or if you played more than say 60 minutes in the game Saturday uh we would always have Sunday off um like regardless of the result like that was another th an another thing that I thought was massive that I really liked about him. You you would always get a weekly schedule, like so. No matter what, I've been at clubs where you, you might get beat five 0 on the Saturday, and the manager's like, "You're in tomorrow." Like I'm not having that. Blah blah blah. Uh, but these were like when they told you you were getting a day off, you were getting that day off because they understood that you had family you know, you need family time, you might make arrangements to go and see family members, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so they were really good like that. So if you played on a Saturday, Dan and Nick would say to those lads that training on a Monday was optional. So you could either choose to go out on the grass with the rest of the squad 
or you could do like a like a recovery session so maybe just stay in the gym go to the local swimming pool something like that because they just thought like a second day recovery uh was was beneficial it was for me personally i i always chose to to have that second day recovery because i i'm getting on a bit now boys you know still feeling a bit a bit stiff a couple of days after so um they were really good to me like and then on tuesday uh tuesday is like would be like a they used to call it a football conditioning day so uh we used to go like small sided games and then the following tuesday would be so small sided games you're looking at like 3v3s 4v4s uh and then the following tuesday would be medium size so you're looking at like six to eight a side games and then the tuesday after that would be 11v11s and they would they would go on that rotor so they would just start over again basically that was just the way they used to do their tuesday session so there'd be loads of football uh, but they were really tough sessions uh, you know like your 2v2 like 1v1s 2v2s 3v3s and you know are, are tough uh, and you'd be doing you know if you weren't doing those you'd be doing a little bit of running on the side and then you would just kind of have like a bit of a rotation thing going on and Tuesdays were tough Wednesdays were always a day off like always off on a Wednesday and then Thursday Friday then was like really sort of focusing around who we were playing on the Saturday. Um, so on the Thursday, it would be uh, like a tactical day. Um, you would, they would never tell you the team, um, but they would set up two 11s. And usually, like I, I don't know whether I should be saying this, but usually just by sort of looking at what team you were in, you could kind of gauge oh, really? whether you were yeah, yeah. playing on the Saturday yeah. or not. Um, so we just used to do, we used to run through some like 11 v 11. Um, and that was, there was a lot of stop start stuff in that, uh, you know, just different situations. If the ball's here, this is where I want you. Uh, used to do a few set pieces, um, which is another thing I liked about them. Like that side of the game, they spent a lot of time on uh, set pieces and stuff like that, which is, which are a big part of the game now. Um, and then Friday was always, like really sort of low I say low key uh but it was just distance wise you probably not even covering 2k like we would just yeah, right. warm up uh, a few little boxes for a little bit of banter with the lads and then it would be like a few a couple of five sides um occasionally they would run through the set pieces again but very rarely uh on a Friday you probably out on the grass for 45 minutes max uh, and then obviously it was rest, rest then until the game on the Saturday, and that was how they worked. And you know, oh, yeah. to be fair to them, they had two promotions and a win at Wembley in in three years. So you know, it obviously worked for them. Yeah, right. well, yeah. a little bit of an insight there, guys. Yeah, yeah. phenomenal. Hey Neil, I want to share a screen with you, mate. You ready for this? Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm going to share my screen. Just let me know if you can see it. Boys, let me know if you can see my screen. Can you all see? Uh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Here it is. I remember this one. Against Everton, Premier I'm, League thing. I haven't seen this now, so go ahead. Shane, Shane, first of all, obviously because people will be listening and can't see it, we'll put it on our... By the way, guys, we've got a new YouTube channel for the just for podcasts only, so we're going to be putting that on there. 
so you'll yeah. be able to see this. First of all, I want to talk about the pitch. Just look at the like how nice the pitch is. Um, <laughs> what was what? That, that stadium was quite small for a Premier League stadium. But, yeah, um, well, Shane, do you know what, mate? It was. I think our stadium full. I think it held sixteen thousand, and for a Premier League club, rocking, that, that's that's really low. Um, yeah, and having said that, our fans made it sound like they were rocking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In there, like they were really good. Uh, but on the far side mm. there, that was that. That's the Everton fans there on the far side. That's where the away yeah. fans go. Guys, that, everyone that's just gone say Shane. Is that um, Charlie Adams standing over that free kick with you? Yeah, yeah. twenty six. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, surely he's taking that, Neil. No. Well, to be <laughs> fair, I think he. I think he did want it, mate. Um, and I've just bullied him. I've just run up and hit it myself. <laughs> Like it's a good job. It's a good job. <laughs> it's gone in, mate. Because he would have been giving you the hammer, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Um, so yeah, guys, so it's listen. It's a free kick in the Premier League against Everton. Uh, wow, it's a good thirty-five yards out there. That's let's have a look at it. Here we go. Actually, I want to change. I want to get the sound on. Let me change my preferences here to uh, internal speakers. Here we go. Whack that sound up because I want to hear the Blackpool fans. You know what I mean? Here we go. Wait there, can you hear that, boys? No, no. I'm having a shocker here, lads, aren't I? Hold on. <laughs> I've still got it on my AirPods, lads. Here we go. What about what about now, boys? Yeah. yeah. No. Oh, what? It's off. It's off someone's phone. Show you that again. Oh yeah, I know. Skipping That's a shocker. Yeah, I do not see anything. Skipping like mad, bro. Is it skipping? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is skipping a lot, mate. Oh, I love it. <laughs> you can see it, Lee. <laughs> skipping crazy here. You get the gist. Yeah, freaking. I don't know why. I don't know why it does that, lads. I'm so, Neely, um, you're a set piece taker, yeah? Obviously. Um, do, do, I've scored a few, still, mate. I've scored a few. Is this something you're still... Are you still on set pieces now at Lincoln? To be fair, mate, we've got uh, one of the boys at our place, uh, George Grant. Uh, we signed him uh, in the summer from Notts Forest. Uh, and from dead ball, mate, he's got like so much ability, mate. Uh, something that he practices a lot. Yeah. Um, and he scored, he scored like a couple, mate, this season, to be fair. Uh, so, yeah, I suppose you could say I've been bullied off them, really. <laughs> but um, no, nah, I, I got a couple. I got a couple. Uh, got a couple last season for Lincoln. Uh, one against uh, Cambridge away, which turned out to be quite an important goal for us. To be fair, uh, I, I, if you can get that one up, John, I get that up because that's even better. I'll jump on the YouTube now. Whilst I'm doing that, L- L- Lincoln some... Cambridge, mate. Lincoln Ca- or Cambridge, Lincoln what, what, Cambridge. Just before, because I don't want to forget this one, um, and it's something that we should talk about a little yeah, bit. I, I, I know I'm it's obviously getting late as well, Neil. So, but um, you played 16, 17 times for Wales, yeah. Yeah. How was um, representing obviously your country and, and stuff like that? How how was that as an experience? Unbelievable, mate. Um, I think what I would say is I'm just a bit sort of gutted really that I wasn't part of like the um the Chris Coleman era really. Yeah. Um, obviously having 
all my caps came, uh, I think 14 of my caps were under uh, John Toshak when he was the manager. Um, and my last few appearances for Wales were under Gary Speed, like God rest his soul, because uh, he was probably the man that changed Welsh football. Um, you know, when he came in and took over as manager, he changed the whole you know, the whole sort of setup, you know, where where we used to meet up for camps and uh, the way we would approach games and stuff like that. So, you know, anyone involved in Welsh football would tell you the same about about Speedo. Like, he was he was unbelievable. Um, and I really enjoyed, you know, really enjoyed obviously playing for Wales. Every cap that I got meant, like, meant the world to me, really. Uh, obviously being from there and all my family being from there was it was like probably the best achievement I think any footballer really could probably say you know I think playing mm. international football they do say is one of the best accolades you can get so to have got 16 caps at, at senior level you know I'm, I'm pleased with that I'm just I'm just gutted that I, di- I didn't get more really um, going back to that first cruciate injury I picked up at Birmingham uh the day the day that I picked up that injury I was I was actually meant to be meeting up with a squad the following day uh for uh Chris Coleman's like first um like first games in charge so I was actually picked in his first squad um mm. and you know I, I look back at that and listen <clears throat> hindsight's a wonderful thing um but you know, I just look back to that moment and I just think if I wouldn't have picked up that injury, like, could I have carried on and got more caps and been a part of that, you know, that Euro, uh, what was it, 2016? Um, yeah. You know, in, in, over in over in France where they, they made it to the semi-finals and stuff like that, you know, that would have been unbelievable to, to go to a major tournament, uh, you know, with your country. But like I said, you know, who knows, you know, I might have, if I would have stayed fit, I might have done it. I might not have, uh, I probably shouldn't think like that really. Probably, probably shouldn't dwell on it too much, but um, <laughs> mm. I do sometimes think that if I wouldn't have picked up the injury, like, would I have been, oh. you know, would I have been good. a squad player? Would I, have, yeah. you know, been being picked regularly? Would I have been going away still? Um, it's natural the, to do that though. Yeah. I got yeah. the injury and, you know, I, I never, I never actually got picked again like you know going off the back of you know probably struggling to sort of find my form again uh not playing so well at Birmingham picking up injuries you know I was never yeah I was on standby a few times um but I never never made the squad again after that so Mm. I think from that point of view disappointed but obviously like you said Blackpool still 16 caps like really pleased I've got I've got some got some good memorabilia you know swap shirts with a few you know good players from from when I played got uh who's that I got I got I've got in the garage outside you know this situation we're in here at the moment um something that I did a couple of weeks ago I just went through a few of the boxes in the shed and love got, it um who I got Mario Balotelli's Italy one Got uh, we played Finland and I got Sammy Hippias. Don't know if you you probably remember. Oh him. wow, yeah, what uh, a player! Obviously, being a Liverpool fan, it was like definitely getting his shirt. So I got his. Um, I got Metzelder's Germany one. 
I think at the time he was playing centre back for for Real Madrid. So, like I've got mm. some, you know, I've got some unbelievable stuff that I'm obviously proud of. Um, Neil, we're getting shirts in our office, mate. So you're gonna have to send the signed one to us. I've if got, that's I've all right. I've got, mate, listen, I've got <clears throat> I've got plenty in the in the garage there, mate. Honestly, so you know if you if you ever. You tell me which club, mate, which club you want. Hold you to that. I'm just uh, writing that down, Neil, because Gail, Gail Cliche sending us one. We're getting one from everyone. Nice, Hold mate. Just quickly, Neil, um, how good of a gaffer was Gary Speed? I was at Sheffield United when he was there, and, and he yeah. only got the job for a couple of weeks. Second week in, he, he brought six of us from the reserve team straight in because yeah. he wanted ball players. And I always look back at that time thinking, if, we, if Wales didn't take him there, like... Obviously, I broke my leg at the time, but yeah, he he was changing the way Sheffield United wanted to do things. And yeah. obviously, what 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 a top guy! Because I remember um, I broke my leg, and I'd only trained what about two weeks with the first team, and and he even went into the hospital to 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 see my family and stuff like that. And yeah, as a as a guy, he's he's always someone I've looked up to, and he's a legend. And obviously, what's happened is it's it's just it's devastating, but. Yeah, I just want to want want to know your opinion of him. Obviously, you have played Sim- twice under him for Wales. Similar to you, mate. Unbelievable guy. Um, you know, like I said, he came in and he just changed absolutely everything. Um, he had he already had the respect from from all the players, especially uh, obviously being a, a a Welsh legend himself. You know, playing the amount of times he did for Wales and. At the standard that he played at as well, um, had an unbelievable career in the Premier League. Uh, he was just he he sort of came in and just really sort of just livened the place up. Like you know, I remember going away sometimes uh, under the previous regime, and you know you get a few lads sort of pulling out the squad and. Uh, you know, for one reason or another, whether that was because they were injured or whether that was just because they didn't sort of like the way things were going and stuff like that. Um, But as soon as he got the job and came in, it was like everyone wanted to be there. Everyone wanted to play. Um, So I think as a man, as a person, he was just straight away, like I said, you know, he had the respect there and you know, everyone sort of looked up to him, and uh, anyone anyone that I've spoken to about him when when he was here, even now, you know, I've only got good things to say about him, and and I'm the same. You know, he uh, it was a pleasure to to obviously be involved mm-hmm. with with the squad and and to play with him, uh, play under him, I should say. Um, you know, and although it was only for a short period, you know, I took took a lot on board, you know, from him and the way he went about things. And I think, you know, who's to say, maybe a few years down the line, if I was to get into that side of the game, you know, being a coach or whatever, then he's definitely someone that I'll, definitely a time I'll look back on and try and sort of take some some things that I learned from him, really. And um, yeah, he, he was unbelievable, mate. He was he was so good, and like I said, I think even Chris Coleman now managing Wales as well as he's done, I think he would probably be the first to tell you that it was it was Gary Speed that got the the ball the ball rolling with the with the Wales uh, first team really, and he sort of got the like everything in motion. 
he sort of just took over from him really and I think everybody you know will look look back at Gary Speed and think he was the he was the one that changed Welsh football so absolute God bless his soul really yeah 100% hey Neil I do want to ask you um, what's Gareth Bale saying (laughs) Uh, we all know obviously what he's like as a as a footballer he's incredible mate Um, I I just the 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 bits I remember most about about Gareth Bale mate was when we were playing in in the under 21s Um, and he was he was a really young lad at the time at Southampton I think he just started playing in their first team Uh, and I remember going away with the 21s and he was actually on the bench, like which is crazy um, to say. But we had uh, we had a lad called Royce Wiggins that was playing left back. He was at Crystal Palace at the time. Another great player. Um, but you know, I just look by you know prime example really of probably a professional that, although he was young at the time, probably thought I should be playing here. You know, I've got a lad playing here in front of me that you know no disrespect I'm probably better than um, you know just stuck at it and it's, he speaks for himself mate doesn't he you look at him and he's turned out to be one of the world's best I think I don't think there's any don't think anyone could have an argument there to be fair you know what he's done in the game and you know how he sort of you know he went from Southampton to to Spurs and you know, at Spurs, he was unplayable, really. You know, he just burst onto the scene. He was he was incredible, wasn't he? And got his yeah. move to Real Madrid. And, you know, he's, he's like a world icon now, isn't he? And I think, obviously, like I said, you know, again, that you know, that's something that I'll look back on uh, in my career and think, you know, to, to have played alongside him, to have been in the same dressing room as him, you know, something that, something that I'm proud of. And, uh, yeah, 100%. You, you know, did you, ever, go on. did you ever find him any diags? A few, mate. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think at the at the time he was like um, he came through as as a left back, uh, and as his career went on, obviously he's got lightning. He's lightning quick, and he and uh, he's got an unbelievable left foot. And he just kind of worked his way up. Like he, like I said, I think he came through as a left back, and the next thing he's playing like left wing up front in the number ten. Um, and I think that just goes to show how good a player he is. You know, he, he can do anything, can't he? And um, yeah. you know, like I said, something that I'll definitely look back on. Something that I'm proud of to, have, to you know, to be able to say that I've I've played with one of the world's best. So it's good. amazing, mate. G Bale. Right, Neil. Um, to finish the podcast, mate, we do the same thing with everyone. It's my favourite part, actually. What are you laughing at, Shane? Why are you laughing? Because you always say the same line every time. Yeah, but it's the best part of the podcast, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, crack on. Uh, quick, quick, fire, quick fire questions, Neil. Oh, uh, oh got some belting questions in it. But you only have five seconds to answer them, so you just got to blast it out. Yeah, sweet. <clears throat> Boys, just get ready for some of the answers just in case you want to ask at the end. Yeah. Ready? All right, Shane, I'll start the clock. Here we go. Quick fire questions. 
Best player, best player you've played with, Neil. It's got to be Bale, isn't it? Oh my god! Best player you've played against. Uh, I am Robin. Oh wow! Mm. Right. Best player, best player currently at Lincoln. Um, Michael Boswick. Uh, best manager you've ever had. Um. Gary Speed. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that. Um, best ground you've played at? Um, Wembley. <laughs> Most hostile ground you've ever played at? Millwall. Oh, my God. That's three in a row. Three in a row. Can't believe it. Um, best moment as a footballer? Uh Probably being promoted to the Premier League. Oh, a player that you've thought is stealing a living. Five seconds. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <it's> tough, mate. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, you'll have to come back to me on that, mate. Give me a Love second. What do you enjoy? Uh, what do you enjoy more? You, you, you're a golfer, aren't you, Neil? Yeah. You're, you're a golfer. Do you love playing golf or football? It's got to be football, isn't it? I can't say golf. Yeah. <laughs> oh, question 10 is difficult, though. Big E, full English breakfast, or winning the league with Lincoln? <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go winning the league, mate. Oh, Big E's in he won't, he won't mind me. Nike, Nike or Adidas? Nike, all day. Yeah, love it. Night out with the lads or night in with the missus? Can't be a Christmas day, mate. Oh, love it. Love it. <laughs> but we didn't ask that. Um, Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. Yeah, not not. It's not really a question, is it, Shane? You know I mean? <laughs> um, best pair of boots you've ever had? Um, I'd have to say Preds, mate. How that? Ooh. Have best goal you've ever scored. Best goal, um, <clears throat> I'm going to go for the the one in the Premier League. Yeah, that's got to be, be Um A player that you think should be playing at a higher level? Um, our goalkeeper, his name's Josh Vickers. Yeah, I love that. Um, best piece of advice you ever got during your career? Uh, probably off my old man, mate. Be single-minded. Oh, Big E, the legend. Uh, your footballing hero growing up? Uh, Steven Gerrard. Yeah, same. Best football game you've ever seen live? Newcastle, or Liverpool, Newcastle, 4-3. What a game. What a game. Your best mate in football? Oh, best mate in football. Um, probably... Um, that's a tough one, mate. That's a real yeah. tough one. Everybody struggles on that one. Um, I've gone over the five seconds already, aren't I? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll keep in touch with a lot of boys, mate, but the one that probably springs to mind is probably uh, Jonathan Grounds at Birmingham. Yeah, I love that. Uh, best ever music album? 
um, I'd probably go for the first one, mate, I ever brought, which was Craig David, born to do it. Oh, my God. There were some bangers on there, mate. Neil, I love, I love this next question. Who's the funniest player you've come across in, in football in your career? Oh, mate. Um, funniest player? Barry Bannon, probably. He was funny, mate. He he came have, on. Have low. you got he, a story? Have you got a story for us? Come on, let's quick. He story. he was just funny, mate. Like he he, he came on loan to Blackpool um, from Aston Villa, um, and he lived in the in the flat above me. Like I was ground floor. He was he was just above me, and there uh, I used to. Say, he didn't drive at the time, so I'd give him a lift into training. He's another one, you know, good friend. Um, kept in touch over the years and stuff and uh he was just a funny guy mate he was just funny to be around obviously we went on loads of nights out and stuff together uh, and yeah just 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 a top guy mate just just a good lad Barry to Bannon. be around always cracking banter mate and he could drink as well to be fair to him so <laughs> yeah he was good we'll leave it at We'll leave it at that. There's no, obviously, PG stories then. Love it. <laughs> um, including all sports, who is the greatest athlete ever? Uh, greatest athlete ever. Do you know what? I've been watching that last dance, mate. Oh. And oh, come Ma- on, Jules. Not, it's one of the best I've ever seen. Michael Jordan, mate. I mean, before I'd watched that, I would never have said him. I'll be honest. Like He probably wouldn't have even yeah. come to my mind. Uh, but obviously, seeing that, you know, he he was he was some athlete, mate. When he he basically he was the Chicago Bulls, mate. When he so no, he was a joke. He, he you mean LeBron, LeBron change? Get out of it. Yeah, you see, in, t- in twenty years to be a LeBron one, and everyone will be saying that. Yeah. <laughs> um, most famous person you have in your phone book? Ooh, uh... apart, apart from Jonah One One. <laughs> <laughs> Famous. Um, I don't know, mate. I'd probably have to pick like, probably have to pick one of my gaffers. Maybe hot. Maybe Ian Holloway. No, probably love that. Probably. And the last question. This is from Shane. What's the first app you open in your phone every morning? Twitter. Oh, Twitter's massive in the UK. Love a bit of Twitter. Massive. Yeah, Twitter. Yeah, I love that. To be fair, it used to be Instagram, but I've gone, I've gone off Instagram, mate. I'll be honest. Like, I never, I hardly what ever complaining. I hardly ever post. Uh, so that's probably got a big, you know, it's a big factor. I just use it to see what everyone else is up to, mate. To be fair, <laughs> love it, uh, Neil. Love it, Neil. I have to say, Twitter for like obviously, just all the sports stuff. Yeah, really love it. Anything's going on in the world, it's on Twitter. You'll find that on Twitter. 100%. Neil, you're an absolute legend, mate. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, thanks for what, thanks what a for podcast. Loved. It's, been a, it's been a pleasure, mate. Absolute pleasure. Yeah, good. Top man, Neil. Yeah, you're a legend, mate. We love, we just love like getting little insights, little stories, and you know, there's always something you can take out of it. And really appreciate your time, mate. Yeah, no worries, mate. No worries at all. Um, I've got. A, I'll get that shirt over to you, mate. Somehow, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to do it, mate. But uh, I'll uh, I'll be able to get you one over, mate, without a shadow. When um, 
when everything's when everything's gone, mate, this this virus is gone. You should come over here with with Shawnee boy and and have a little holiday in Sydney, I'd, mate. Mate, I'd love to, mate. Honestly, I've always said like my missus. To be fair, is like she's the worst when it comes to flying, mate. So I would never get over there on a family <laughs> holiday. Um, yeah. But it's, it's always somewhere that I've I've wanted to go, mate. Especially after all, I, I was sure went over there with yourself and. He yeah. came back and told me how good it was. So um, I miss I miss your brother every day, mate. We had some of the, I had some. Oh, yeah. just incredible with Sean. You know what your brother's like, loose kind of. You know, whenever I speak to him about it, mate, he um, he's only got good things to say about the place, mate. I'm sure if he could have it any other way, mate, he'd still be there. But um, you know, for whatever <clears throat> reason, that didn't materialise. But nah, if if I could ever get over there, mate, then just do it. Well, I'd, I'd be up Bring that it. Sammy Hippie shirt. I'll put a read me office here. Yeah, yeah, get it up, mate. It's not that big, mate. It's massive. <laughs> Chest on him. But, uh, nah. Donkey. Deal, thank you so much for your time, mate. Nah, cheers, bed. It must be about 12 o'clock there. Nah, yeah, it's well, nearly. it's nearly 12, mate. But listen, got nothing to do tomorrow again. So it's not, not, not. Are you, yeah, are, are you boys back? Uh, not back training yet, no? No, we're not, mate. We got um we actually got a text message today to say that um the like the the football league like board uh, meeting or board meetings I should say have been going on. Um and they've just got to come to an agreement, mate. They've got to come to some sort of like uh vote uh, that they're having to sort of decide whether you know we are going back or not. Um, and then obviously if we are going back they, they, they then have to work out a date that's going to be safe for everyone to do so yeah. um, and then we yeah. still have to follow obviously the protocols that are in place in terms of um, the first week is like in small groups, non-contact um, and then obviously after that it's like bigger groups with a little bit of contact and stuff and then so on so forth so we're just waiting to see, mm. mate. But I think from what I've heard, it, it does sound like they're doing their, their utmost to sort of get it back up and running, mate. So, um, you know, hopefully with a bit of luck, we'll be we'll be back on the grass soon, kicking the balls around. Yeah, I love yeah. it. All the best, mate, if that happens anyway. And um, definitely stay in touch, mate. And hopefully I'll see you soon. Nah, cheers, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks very Thanks much. Thanks for your time. Yeah. Legend. Stop, man. Nearly. Take it easy, mate. Be safe, lads. Take care, brother. Yes, legends. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed that podcast. Please follow us on all our social media platforms. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast. See you on the next one.